know what time it is. You know what it is. Welcome to the Culture Podcast. Welcome to the Culture Podcast. A podcast inspired by and representing for the culture. Just been, been, been a fan of the culture and the authenticness of it. Everything from hip hop. What's up, y'all? This is Jay Cole. Yo, it's Ice Bear. It's Kendrick Lamar. It's the baby. Sports. Mahomes looking to flip. Takes it in for the touchdown. Urban life. Let's heat up right now. And everything in between. Let's the show starts now with your host, Jeff and Anthony. I look real good today. I look real good today. Yo, that's my new shit. What up, man? Why? Why is that your new <laughs> OT shit? OT Genesis. <laughs> I don't know. I heard the commercial. I guess it's on some commercial, whatever ad it is on. And, and me and Angel just started singing that shit one day because the shit was just so catchy. I look too OT good. Genesis got a commercial. They got the song on an ad. It's like some ad for, for whatever it is. They do know that man be cripping, right? Isn't he down with it? Isn't he signed to like Busta Rhymes or some shit? OT Genesis is a whole ass crip. And they're letting that man on commercials, man. That's 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 growth. That's he looks growth. friendly on that song. He looks, you know what I mean? Proper. Fun. Safe is the word. Of he, always, he always... is <laughs> a, it's a video of OT Genesis crip walking in a blue Santa outfit. That shit is hilarious. Right. But if you look at like some of his... You look... You look up some of his other songs, and it's completely different than that I Look Good Today shit. <laughs> he got gangster songs, yo. <laughs> that nigga said, I'm in love with the cocoa, man. Fuck. Bacon soda. I got bacon. Oh, like, oh yeah. Word. He, he's I forgot straight about rapping that about dope. Hey, hey, look, look. Snoop sang about some whole other shit, and now he's the, he's the black man. But he is signed to Busta Rhymes, right? I believe so. Because I think I read that he's like the best-selling artist in that label or some shit. <laughs> Nobody know who signed and nobody just release some shit. No, I don't know who signed with who. Word. Who signed? Like Genesis is signed with him. Good for him, but I don't know. But I'm, I'm, good come up for him. Yeah, you look good. But happy you. Black History Month, my brother. Fuck out of here. That's a weird thing. Like Happy Black History Month. It's not Christmas, man. It's Black History Month. Every day, every we get a whole month, man. I ain't seen no celebrations, no nothing. Do we get any days off for this shit? I know they're starting to give people like Martin Luther King day off, right? Which I used to never get off from work. But now like the last couple of years, they want to give that off to people just, you know, to keep us quiet and shit. I don't, it's not really much in regards to black people in the month of February. I, like you might get President's Day off. Mm. Maybe. It has nothing to do with That's black people. It, them holidays. Mm, no, not at all. Um, no, we got Juneteenth. So that's a plus. We need to get every holiday yeah. off, bro. Give us every goddamn thing. Give me Cinco de Mayo off. Not really, because the way some of these people are working, you're like, y'all need to stay at work as long as possible. Y'all don't know, y'all need no days off. I've seen you work. You ain't it. We need more time off. The, the whole stupid thing is that I wish the work week should be four, four days instead of five. I'm down with that. I, I'm down to work 10, 10 hour days just to have a three day yeah. weekend. Yeah, I can absolutely do that. I can do four 10 hour days. That's easy. And I had to go work this shit out with school or whatever, but the whole. Eight hour, five days. This shit is, is, is antiquated, man. I can get I can get two days worth of work done in one if you just give me the fucking time to. But, but all right, man, let's start the show, man. I want to get into some Brian Flores in this episode. We're going to circle back to a little bit of Joe Rogan. But first things first, shout out to our patrons. Man, yo, I want to change the names, man. I'm tired of calling them patrons. How about we call them the Culture Squad? How does that sound? The, the, the culture squad. Does that work? It sounds some shit. You, it sounds some shit you heard on TikTok. It's not though. <laughs> We're the culture squad. Like <laughs> so. Well, your powers we'll combined, we are. 
We are the other people gonna get their ass whipped. <laughs> we the culture squad. They're gonna look at you like you're crazy. We'll find something appropriate. <laughs> I also wanna give because we got like the we co- got like half culture vote. We got like half of our Patreons that have nicknames and then we have like the other half that don't. So I'm tired of figuring out whether to give them, you know, to call them by their nicknames or the ones that don't have nicknames, call them by their government. Some people are complaining, like, damn, you gave out the, my whole government. So how about we just give I told you right, about that so shit. So how about we just give all of them nicknames? We already have Alex Sose. <laughs> we already have Grand Kaiser. We already have Simba, and we already have Mikey She. Those are all nicknames. And how many are left? Uh, two. We have Natasha and we have Melissa. They don't have nicknames. And you just literally said, I'm tired of you saying our government names. And what did you do? Say our government Okay, names. but we have to come up with nicknames for them. Thing one, thing two. <laughs> that might be a little offensive. Now look, if they get offended by that, I mean, it's, it's, it's from a very popular Dr. Seuss book. Who don't like it want to be thing one and thing two? It's a popular yeah. Halloween costume, too. Yeah, it is. Because it's so easy. Because it matches. Blue hair, red shirt, one, two, done. It's so simple. Uh, what? Do we have? So one is N, one is M. Well, we could just say oh, Tosh and Mel. Name, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's not hard to guess. <laughs> Tosh and Mel, like, okay, that that's y'all names for now. We try to find figure some shit out. Like, like that's not hard to figure out who they are. We say it's Tosh and Mel. Like, oh, so it's Natasha and Melissa. Like, I think so. But okay, Tosh and Mel, it is. We can always just call them by yeah. their last names. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like 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 the start of a podcast, like the Tosh and Mel show. Tosh and Mel. I don't need no competition. I don't need no competition. Nah. But yo, last week we we got into a little bit about Joe Rogan, and um, although he's apologized this week, mm-hmm. it's actually it's worse than we actually than I actually thought. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, really? Because, like I said, I haven't really you know I used to listen to him before. I haven't really listened to him in a while now, and. The amount of racist shit that this man says and has said in, in previous episodes and the amount of N-words that he's dropped on his on his podcast is is of paramount importance. <laughs> this shit is rampant, bro. <laughs> to the point where The Rock, who had originally supported him and shouted him out like, yo, I got your bag. I'm going to come on your show. And then somebody tweeted to The Rock, hey, dear Rock, you're a hero to many people and using your platform to defend Joe Rogan, a guy that used and laughed about using the N-word Dozens of times is terrible use of your power. Have you actually listened to this man's many racist statements about black people? And then The Rock responded, thank you so much for this. I hear you as well as everyone here 100%. I was not aware of this his N-word use prior to my comments, but now I've become educated to his complete narrative. Learning moment for me. Yeah, so <laughs> so people was coming to his defense and, you know, they didn't really realize this guy is wild, wild, you know, wild racist, wild misinformed. I love The Rock, but fuck The Rock, too. Jesus. Come on now. The whole thing. All right. People have this weird idea in the head that one day The Rock's going to run for president. It's a terrible idea. Doing that. But we keep saying that like like politics should be for politicians. And I like him as a human being. I think he's driven. I think he's one of the hardest working guys out there. He's always doing something for somebody. Irregardless. Like he's he just a generally a good human being. But you literally was like, well, spoken brother. Yep. Can't wait to share some tequila with you, right on and shit. Can't wait to get on the show with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The moment Joe pops an N-word, he's going to switch it all the way around. So you mean to tell me everything that he's been, and like I said, this is not anything new. This, this invite people on giving disinformation about COVID and whatever has been going on for a while now. At that time, when it becomes a more topical issue where people are pulling in music, then Joe's kind of forced to apologize. Now he's a man's. We cool. Let's, let's have some skills. My man's in them. Right? 
And then right after that, he hears about the N-word, and all of a sudden, it's, it's a fast, little quick U-turn. The thing about the rock is this, like, especially the black part. I was going to say, because a lot of people complain that the rock is black only sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he embraces his right. Samoan side and his rock, Polynesian side, rock, but he defends his black side Samoan. when he wants to. <laughs> Rock bang Samoan with them horns up all the time. Yep. He got the tattoos, the rock, tribals. Rock Samoan out the ass. His dad's black. He rocks it. Like, okay, I've, I've heard about, you know, his uncles. I've heard about that side of the family, right? His moms. I, yeah, I've never heard a lot about the whole Rocky Johnson side of the family. Very true. I mean, pops there. I mean, you, you, you be wearing the Soul Man Rocky Johnson t-shirt. I mean, his pops was one of the first black wrestlers to get a belt in the right, history but, of the shit. When you, but but rock bang Samoa and the rock don't bang black like that. Even when he did the a whole uh what was it um Hobbs and Shaw, it was all Samoan shit. They went to the island of Samoa. Right. <laughs> he had all his Samoans in backing them up. <laughs> right. It's, it's always when it's kind of works appropriate for you. And I'm not saying just because it's Black History Month, all of a sudden the blackness start to come out. Because I'm pretty sure in wrestling you have heard, seen, and known some racist shit to happen. Pretty sure you let that slide, but now you got a bigger platform. You came out and supported this guy. Now you want to pull support away. One, it's kind of bad politics. Two, something you just kind of keep your mouth out of. If that's some shit with Joe, I'm not going to stand here and just put up a post to support him. Like, if it's more to be said, it's more to be said. If Joe said that, yeah. But I need to show some more support. I need to see more. Sh- I need to see more out of it. I don't want you to be like, he said this also and everything's all good. Again, kind of goes back to the whole thing about me and, you know, shooting white people bail. Like the whole thing, like you said that, but I need your actions to back it up. And so, I mean, so far, I, you haven't given enough time to do so. Just because the guy apologized, I mean, everything's all right. But Rock tried to make it like everything's all good. But in reality, it ain't so. Now you're back to Square Rogan with Joe Rogan is bullshit, trying to figure out all of this out. But it sucks to be him. Yeah, I mean, Rogan said the N-word in something like 70 episodes. And check this out. Mr. Controversy Spotify puts the hammer down on Joe Rogan with 113 episodes and counting removed. <laughs> Not only are they removing episodes, they're also putting disclaimers now. If it's an episode that talks about COVID and stuff like that, they put like a disclaimer. You know what I'm saying? For people that may get offended about COVID talk or the misinformation that he's going to spread. <laughs> and then uh, mm. Spotify released a statement. Let me, I don't want to misquote anybody here. So. Spotify CEO Daniel Ek addressed the controversy around comedian and podcast host Joe Rogan on Wednesday, saying that the company is trying to balance creative expression with the safety of our users. Of course, this is a very complicated issue, Ek said in the company's post earnings call on Wednesday. But I'm really proud of the steps that we took following the concerns raised by the medical and scientific communities. What about the racist, the anti-racism community? <laughs> what about that shit? Can, can, I, can I break down that white lexicon to put it into Negro words? Sure. We understand what's going on, even though we disagree with Joe Rogan. We paid the man a hell of a lot of money. We are not going to fire him at all. We're going to we're going to do some, we're going to do some things, quote unquote. Yeah. But there's no way in hell we are going to fire him. That's all. That that whole little speech is all he's really right. saying. That's all it was. Like you paid Joe a hundred million dollars. Like you paid him to be your Howard Stern. And he's getting millions and, and millions of listeners and viewers on a weekly or daily basis. This. Right. 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 Before this, now this controversy is going to make more people listening. Which brings more people to Spotify. So you think they're going to throw that away? Nope. Like, I understand you had to cute the words up, but I know what you mean. I know how this game goes. I know what you're trying to say. That's fine. That's totally fine. And I know you're, that you're not going to admit that either. I'm okay with that, too. 
But just the reality of the fact is that y'all got a Joe Rogan problem and y'all don't know how to deal with it. So you're going to try to throw things like a disclaimer and so on and so forth. As a matter of fact, um, I didn't see this this weekend and I know it came out like, you know, Jackass, right? Yeah. The movie. Right. Right. The movie, the show, whatever. No matter what it is, they always put up a disclaimer before that show. Do not try the shit at home. Right. What do they do? Try the shit at home. But that's just legality. They got to say that so that you can't be held accountable. <laughs> right. But but they're doing that. So if, you, if you're saying that, you know, that these are opinions and so on and so forth, then you're never going to hold Joe accountable. Yeah. Like, these are opinions. These are not scientific facts. Like, we already fucking know that. But you're not just basically giving them kind of a little bit of like a moral and legal gray area where they kind of dance through. I get it. And then I get Joe it. Rogan, he uh, he says he'll do better research on COVID. Give listeners opposing, opposing views. I don't always get it right. He says <laughs> he also apologized to guys like uh, Neil Young, who have been, you know, taking their music off of Spotify. Oh, the fuck what? <laughs> I, hate that. I hate when people say my former your music has been banging on us this whole time and again joe has been saying this shit like this for a long time since this covid thing happened and now you want to be righteous and moral and take the shit off i don't understand that i always find it weird the point where you pick your fight like do you do it now or you do it later we'll get back into this when we get into flores but that part right there is super fucking weird to me so you're trying to tell me like you know once joe rogan's gone you're gonna put it back on maybe maybe not but you're going to be on anyway. The show's going to continue. Everything is still going to happen. But the whole thing is right now, like, I'm pretty sure what they do or what they bring in to regards to streams is not what Spotify receives just for listening to Joe Rogan. And again, this, uh, this campaign going against him is only going to force those that feel uh, slighted on, a, and on the outside to really bang with him more. So it's not really hurting them at all. Not, not one single bit. I mean, you're doing this in a form of protest, but... I think it's better for you to just stay on and, and keep your name out there and, you know, make shit, make more music denying this or fighting against it, so on and so forth. It's so fucking strange. <laughs> but check it. We also spoke about Big Pun last week. Okay. And um, some people had reservations about you and Mikey She, because I had nothing to do with this. You and Mikey She making fun of the dead. Okay. Feel me? So I'm going to read uh, an excerpt from a message. From uh, one of our patrons. <laughs> Go right ahead. One of our, uh, what are we calling them now? <laughs> culture, uh, culture squad members. <laughs> one of the culture vultures. Go ahead. <laughs> I like that. What are the culture vultures slash culture squad culture crew members? We, we're going we're to figure it out. But he said, and I don't know if I should give his name or not. Nah, you can leave it out. It's fine. Yeah. This is what he just said. He just sent me a message. Yeah. They lost me with this episode. I don't understand how N-words can make fun of someone who is dead. And then I go, the man has been dead for 20 years. Like, we, we can't say shit no more? And then the gentleman says, of course you can. But damn, to make funny jokes about someone who's not here is wild to me. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I laughed, sure. but I, I didn't participate in your slander of Big Pun and his weight. But Okay, good. And then another gentleman, and I'm going to have to play this one. Another one of our patrons. <laughs> this is what he had to say about his opinion on the on the matter. You ready? Sure. Um, as far as the pin, big pun jokes, um, whatever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that doesn't really fucking bother me as much. What bothers me more than anything else, bro, is when niggas don't get pun his respect. You know what I'm saying? Like, like yo, 
what the fuck was you listening when pun came out bro like seriously think about that shit what the fuck was niggas listening to when pun came out and was doing his thing this nigga was on the top of his game so what niggas stop fucking listening to hip-hop or some shit during that time or whatever and just don't realize how good pun was because bro i wasn't the biggest pun fan when you know he came out and terror squad came out but eventually that that nigga worked up to my freaking top five probably you know i'll probably say top 10 top five is probably filled up by now with other niggas and shit but at least top 10 for sure and as far as hispanic niggas yeah he's the top dude so again it's like niggas forget what pun did bro and i think that's what bothers me more than anything else and it's just not pun it's other niggas too that we grew up with you know what i'm saying that deserve more respect than what people are giving it. I don't give a shit what part of the country you was in. I just feel like, bro, how the fuck do you not appreciate what Pun did and all that good music that he put out? And, you know, I agree. Okay. He's underrated. He's underappreciated. <sighs> but okay. it is what it is. You know, we've we've gone over that through in, in lengths in, in this show. We're going, to, we're going to have to, you know, go through it again. Okay. Iterate. I'll help. The main question said, like, what we listened to when Big Pun came out, right? Were you listening? Were you really, really listening to Big Pun before Capital Punishment? Was I listening to Pun before Capital Punishment? I mean, no, that's his first album, right? So the gentleman asked, "What was you listening to when you know Pun came out?" Right? Right. Okay. What I was listening to, 1998, Flesh in My Flesh, Blood in My Blood, classic album, it's Education of Lauryn Hill. Hard Knock, no, vo- yeah, Hard Knock Life, Volume 2. It's Dark and Hell is Hot also came out that year. I think Mystical came yeah, out Mexico that year. Yeah, had two albums that year. Right, two, yeah, yeah, Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood. And then he had, it's Dark and Hell is Hot, right? Mm-hmm. The Education of Lone Hill comes out. Takao 2000 comes out, which, oh, really big, but if you're a fan of Meth, you're going to get that. Volume 2, Hard Knock Life came out. Equimini came out. Uh, a, a few things did come out of that time that if you're part of it, yeah, it's going to surprise you. Now, it's not a knock against Pun, because that album is a classic. And I don't get much in regards to classic, but that's definitely one of them. The thing is that with him, just like Big, when you have a very limited catalog, it's not going to be held against you, but it's also going to be something that's going to be noticed. And the thing with Big is like, it wasn't that, you know, he only came up with those albums. He was on other bad boy shit. So there's, he's part of that narrative. It was really kind of Pun with some of the Terror Squad dudes, and that's pretty much it. Like I said, not an assault against Pun. And I don't, I, whenever, write this down because bring it up to Mike. But for me, kind of talking about how we talked about before, I don't believe in secret cows. I think what he did was impactful in regards to hip hop and in regards to especially anyone of, of Spanish or Latin descent. Absolutely. I understand how you hold that man up, how you be a secret guy, but no one is above it. Say whatever it is, what is by the weight, just like, everybody, even comedians, they, man's been dead for a long time. They still make jokes about how, how fat Big Buzz. Don't matter. There are no secret cows. Once you're gone, I'm saying you can't defend yourself, but these are the kind of things that happen. They say things, they do things, it goes forward. But the thing like, no, like, like you got to defend them and so on and so forth. Like, yeah, I will. And I do, but it won't be in all categories, something like that. I know that for, like I said, a man that size with that kind of breast control is amazing. That's no slight against them. I can't breathe like that. I'm fat as a motherfucker. My whole thing for for a guy to be able to do some shit like that, that is a skill. That is a talent that not many people have. And it's it's to be commended. But when people think of him, they keep thinking of that one 
bar section with him and Joe on a twin track. And I'm like, he's more than that. But that's what they always snap back to. You don't have to do that. So I'm I'm not trying to limit the man at all. And but it's not up to me to trying to push his idea and his legacy forward. The only issue with Pun is that, like I said, there's not that much of a body of work. And I don't know. It might be, you know, depending upon whatever's going on with his family. That's a it might be a argument. bunch of shit. That's a flawed argument to say there's not it, a body I, of work. No, no. He has the same amount of body of work as Biggie. But 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 like you said, yeah, I blame I blame not only Joe, but Pun's family for not really keeping his legacy alive. And like you said, maybe to a lesser extent, the fact that he came out, there was so much classic shit going on around him with Wu-Tang and DMX and Nas and Jay-Z. Everybody was making classic shit. So he may, maybe he got lost in the shuffle. You know what I'm saying? Right. And it's, and that's fair. And I, I don't. And the thing is that the fact he didn't get that lost because we're discussing him now. Right. Like if, if he didn't, a lot of albums were dropped. Like because we grew up in an era that it wasn't live streaming. It was it was. When I get off school, I want to go down or catch the bus up to to the mall. I want to go to Sam Goody. I want to go wherever, because this album dropped, that album dropped, this album, this take, all this is out there. I want to go ahead and get it, and that, and that was one of it because of what he that like I said that that bar that he did with uh with Joe, and you hear this kid like this guy can really fucking rap. And like I said, how can I describe this? You like pun? Like what's pun's biggest hit? Oh. I mean, his biggest hit is probably um, "I'm Not a Player," but that's not like my favorite no. pun song at all. No, no, no. But not, that's not pr- but like commercially, that's his biggest hit. Right. I'm not a player. I just crush a lot. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. And like I said, it's a good song. It does what it's supposed to do. And it's no slight against pun, because like I said, even in that time, you see, you literally see him. He's this massive human being who's smiling, who's dancing, who can rap his ass off, who's enjoying himself. He probably would have had great commercial success. Unfortunately, his life ended very, very shortly. Now, with Big, it was a bunch of like those commercial things that they still go on that you still see in fucking commercials. You still hear in games and stuff like that. It's not. It's not that we're, we're trying to snuff out his legacy. It's just that they. It wasn't really enough there to actually build a legacy to push it forward. Like uh, all of those songs that should words, still be played now. In other words, Terror Squad forward. wasn't meeting up to the level of Bad Boy. You know what I'm saying? Like I recently saw an interview with Fat Joe and he he talks about and he's talked about it before how he passed up on uh Eminem like six different times. Back when mm-hmm. Eminem was starting off, he would see him at a show or wherever and he would give him his demo and you know big you know Fat Joe would just throw and toss it, he'd never listen to it. And it's one of his biggest regrets and they asked him like do you think he would have made it you know to where he is now if he would have signed with with you? He says he 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 says Eminem would have probably still been big, you know, it would have been different though. He would have definitely been a different artist. Than mm-hmm. he is under Dre, you know what I'm saying? And yeah, he definitely wouldn't have been as big as he is under Fat Joe than he is under Dre. Right. You know, the Dre beats and everything, the the whole machine, the whole aftermath machine. He would still be successful, yeah, under Terror Squad. You know, he'd be there standing right next to Remy and and and, and Khaled. But it wouldn't be the Eminem we how know long? today. Yeah, right, exactly. That's all with Eminem, there's always gonna be that question. How long you gonna stand here? Cause like I said, if you're gonna blow up like that, like you're gonna like, I think Dre realized that before with him. Like, if he's going to be the star that we think he's, he's going to supersede me. But I'm a producer. I don't care. But with Joe, like, you ran Terror Squad, but you, you still, you know, a rapper. And, like, he's the best, like, on there. Like, Pun was the best one on there. I mean, you can make an argument. Eh, yeah, yeah. Pun, yeah, Pun was by far the easiest and the best that was on yeah, that league. Cuban Link was probably number two, and he ends up having beef with Joe. Right. So. And that's the whole thing. I say it's, it's not a slight against Pun. It's not anyone dismissing his legacy. It's just the fact that there wasn't enough time for him to really build up to the way 
he was going to to really be that thing. And I don't I, I hate when people say dismissive shit like he was like the Latino big like no nah, he wasn't he's a completely different guy completely different rapper right but the whole thing was like he just never had it, there was never enough time to go ahead and do so that's why I mentioned before uh, big I know he had his own hits but like I said his biggest hit is what I would probably say more money more problems it's not it's not his song it's really Diddy's song no nah, it's really amazing I would, I would say um was the one where he had the cane already. I'm I'm thinking either mo, either more money, more proms, uh, hypnotize. Yeah, I think hypnotize is probably his biggest hit. I think probably I think more money, more proms is probably his biggest hit, and I think that hypnotize is probably the best video because mm. it seems ridiculous. Because <laughs> it's stupid. It's like it's, it's some spy shit or whatever the fuck it is. But like you said, God, you got that. You got a whole bunch of things. But like I said, we're not dismissing Pun. I think Pun's legacy is solidified. But he's just going to be one of them guys you can think about in the basketball sense. He's always going to be overrated. Like you're going to name the greatest players. And you'll come across a guy like, oh yeah, I remember him. He was he was dope. Right. That's that's just gonna be his legacy. And that's no insult to him. Like you're still amongst the grace, but you're always gonna be bypassed because they just there's not enough time to remember. He's like, he's like Penny Hardaway. <laughs> Everybody knows he was dope. He could have been one of the best ever, but his career was cut short. And he also played in an era where Shaq and Jordan and Barkley and Ewing, you know what I mean? Yeah, so he, he got lost I, I can, probably in that shuffle too. He's either Penny Hardaway or Grand Hill. One right, two. right. Yeah, maybe Cause, Grant cause Hill. Maybe Grant Hill. Because everyone saw Grant. Grant like Grant, super dope. Grant is going to be it. He is the guy. Then he got injured, and you kind of forgot about him. But when you bring him up, like, oh yeah, I remember Grant Hill. Like, Damn, he was good. Let you do a pun, like you start running off rappers and lyrics and breath control and everything. You start naming like KRS, Nas, Pop, Big, Lauren Hill, um, um, KRS, da 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 da. And someone says pun, like, you right, like, like it, it brings that that momentum in your head. But I understand right. why they'd be frustrated by it. But so I before I get like off it, on behalf of Mikey, would you mind apologizing to those that were offended for you guys, you know, making fun of Pun's weight? Hell no. So no. Fuck no. Right. Yeah, I tried. I tried, man. No, no, come on. Come on now. Cause they're going to do that and so on and so forth. Nah. That's the whole thing. You can't, like I said, I don't believe in secret cows. You can't be like, what? Like, and I literally just said, even though he's dead, they still make jokes about Big. Even though he's dead, they still make jokes about DMX being a crackhead. So there's no like, no, that's what happened. And it might have led to his demise. Not next like said, it, it, it might have. I have no idea. Like, Actually, did he die of a coronary? Pun definitely died because of his weight. Yes. Right. But even he was saying, like, I'm trying to get my life together. I'm trying to get my size down, so on and so forth. So he didn't want the conversation to even be about that. But since it is about that, people make fun of it. Like I said, everybody who is famous, you're not bulletproof. You're attention to all the shit. Like, People talk about Kanye. That motherfucker crazy. I, I bust it down on him, too. I don't care. Like I said, you shouldn't believe in secret cows. I understand your feelings towards the man, but the man's not family. He's just a guy who rapped well. Now, I wouldn't say shit about your family members. I'm going to say this about your cousins, your brothers, your nieces, your mothers, your sisters. But anybody else, just some random person in the street who happens to have an ability, a skill, or so on and so forth, that you have the ability to crack a joke at is fine. So am I going to apologize about that? Absolutely not. All right, let's move on, man. The RZA got new music yeah. coming out. RZA and DJ Scratch. They got a collab project that's called Saturday Afternoon Kung Fu Theater. And that drops March 4th. I'm looking forward to that. Sounds interesting. Is it, is it just going to be... I haven't seen the the playlist or anything, but that's just... Yeah, I'm about, I'm, I, yeah I, didn't, I didn't see who's going to be on. Right. It's, it's Scratch and RZA. Like, I'm pretty sure y'all are just going to be doing beats, not rapping. So I want to see who they got the shit designed for. Right. It sounds fire, but who's going to be on the shit? Right, so let's take a quick break. I wanted to ask you, yo, you play that word that game Wordle? Absolutely not. 
Okay, well, I do. I know you do. I know you, because I see it in Tech Go Town. Like, I got, yeah, I've been killing it. I got two out of six. Fuck out of here. I got that shit. I, I'm 100% so far. I just want to let you know that my word, my, my go to word, because you know, you got to start off with a five letter word, is power. I always start off with power. Mm. See, yeah, I had given people wordle hints and they be needing it more than anybody else, man. Don't be telling nobody your secret. That's how you keep your streak like undefeated. <laughs> wordle. Yeah, but that sounds selfish of you. You got you to gotta help the people. You know what I'm saying? It's a fucking. No, it's a game. You figure you'll get six <laughs> chances to figure shit at yourself. <laughs> Just because I don't play it, don't mean I don't know about it. You get six shots at this. And I be seeing people like, yo, you can't use that letter again. They already <laughs> said it doesn't exist. And they do it again like you're wasting a move. Why are you putting W there? It's, it's, it clearly says it's blank. It doesn't exist. Now, let me put two O's like. <sighs> yo, when we come back, we're going to get into a new, is that racist? And I want to get into this Brian Flores situation. Is that racist? Hey, do you need a platform to record your podcasts? Do you need video or just audio or both? Well, look no further than Squadcast. Squadcast is who we use to record the Culture Podcast. For excellent student quality recordings, Squadcast empowers creators with innovative cloud recording studio to collaborate on producing premium content together from anywhere in the world. With our special promotion, you'll get a free trial to check it out for yourself absolutely free. When it comes to recording audio or video remotely, nothing comes close to Squadcast. So go ahead and click the link in our show notes for a free trial and get your podcast jump started today. Need a host for your podcast? The Culture has been using Buzzsprout to host their podcast since the beginning. It is the world's leader in podcast hosting. They get every show listed in every major directory and platform, including Apple, Spotify, Google, you name it. And what's best is that they make the process easy and effortless for you. Aside from that, you'll also get a great looking website in your podcast audio players that toy can easily drop in other websites, the most detailed analytics available and all kinds of marketing and listening tools to promote your show. Their customer service is top notch and their team is passionate about helping you succeed. Use the link in our show notes and our listeners will receive a $20 Amazon gift card just for signing up. So go ahead and join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Yeah. Yeah. They represent a culture. They represent like this. The Culture Podcast. Uh, we have a new segment of Is That Racist? racist. You let me know if you think this is racist, Ant. There's sure. a t-shirt design going around online. It's selling on Amazon, a bunch of other sites. And it reads, and I guess it's a Black History Month t-shirt. I don't know. You tell me. It says, I am black every month, but this month I am blackity black black. And this is a real shirt. You can buy it on Amazon. You can buy it on other sites. And from what I've gathered or from, from all the images I've seen, most of the people that are model, you know, that they have modeling the shirt are white people, <laughs> which is already a bad look. But the shirt itself rubbed me the wrong way. I am black every month, but this month I am blackity black black. What the fuck does that mean? And is that racist? <sighs> See, man. <laughs> See, you try to tell me to not. To talk about white people. I mean, we don't know who made this shirt. We're assuming white people made this shirt. I don't know. All I know is that I keep seeing white people wearing it online when they advertise it for the shit. And it's like, it's a woman in a head wrap. <laughs> you see a lot of white people, right? Yeah. I mean, for all we know, like, it could like be a black-owned picture- company making the shirts. I don't know, but the shirt rubs me the wrong way. But if you're a black-owned company and you want to make the shirt, why would you want to kind of... Well, there's no such thing as bad 
Notoriety, I guess so. That publicity. Any it's publicity is good publicity. But good publicity, thank you. <laughs> that it just escaped me. Um Is it racist? Um I'm black every month, but this month I'm blackity black black black. <laughs> um disingen not racist, disingenuous. Because cause I know you're wearing a shirt and I know you don't mean that shit. I know you don't. Because you're not, you are, you are not, I am, it says, I am black every month. No, you're not. You're, I'm looking at you dead in the face. You are super Caucasian. You are not black. That's what I'm saying. Month. So that means that the shirt is made for black people to wear, right? Because it says, I am black every every month, but this month I'm black. I'm, you know, it's like, I'm extra black this month. Really? How can you be extra black? Like, I'm extra chocolatey black or some yeah. shit? Like, what does that mean? Why I'm extra dark this me month. As a black, why the fuck you think me as just, not as a black person, just like a general consumer, is going to wear a shirt that I can only wear maybe three times in that month. Then outside of that, it don't make a whole lot of sense. Because if I'm black every month, but it's saying, but this month I'm blackity black black, which is super problematic to say that shit that way. So it means I can really only wear this t-shirt one month out of the year. Because if I wear this shit in July, it don't make sense. If I wear it in December, it don't make sense. It makes sense one. I'm, right, you get too technical, man. The shirt. question is: Is the shit racist or not, man? <laughs> nah, it's not. It's not what? racist. It's just it's it's not thought out. It's not thought out properly. This is not racist. These companies this don't is, have a marketing, yeah. a diverse marketing team, bro. They just have a bunch of old white heads in there sitting around, like, what can we put on this shirt to yes. market this shit and sell? Oh, this will be a hit. Put blackity right. black That's black on it. It'll sell. That's why I don't think it's racist because I think they're trying to do diversity, but they can't even do diversity right. Like I could imagine what see, and this thing it's always with black covert racism. It's always been covert racism. Remember the the thing? What was a couple? Might have been a year or so ago when it was a little boy. I I don't know what company it was. I don't want to name it or miss or say it incorrectly. So, but I remember it was like a little black kid with a hoodie on. I think it was like a a a monkey something in front of it. I remember that. Like 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 the biggest like the (laughs) king of the jungle. It was like in magazines and everything. Like, right. how does it even get yeah, out? Like, you know what I mean? How does it leave the office right. of the Department of Marketing right. before? It... Shit. And it's and, and it's not that it's racist. It's just that the image itself and the connotations that it puts together can have a racial tinge to it. Like, you could have put that shit on anybody. Why did you have to put this on this dark-skinned little black boy? Now that you're putting this, this shirt, well, like I said, that blackity-black-black thing, it, it don't sound like some shit black people would say. Sounds like some shit that someone in the marketing department thought up and then asked the people, uh, someone of color, like, does this sound even appropriately or right? And since there's no one there to ask, they just kind of put the shit out there and thought, like, oh, it's going to be a big hit. Like, we're, we're trying to do what we can in regards to diversity, but they fucked that up. So it doesn't make them braces. It makes them makes me know that they're trying. They're given the bare minimum in regards to trying because they need to have people in those spaces. Hence, Brian Flores. Yeah, so let's talk about it mm-hmm. because he, the Brian Flores, former head coach of the the, the Dolphins, Miami right. Dolphins, Dolphins, and he didn't even have a bad year considering the fact that he had no quarterback, right? Considering that bum ass team, bum ass team, <laughs> probably overachieved. One year gets fired. Meanwhile, you have all these Caucasian coaches like the Giants coach who was trash for two years and just finally got let go, and he, and they almost even kept him. And you got other coaches around the league who are trash year after year, and they continue to get jobs. Okay, so Brian Flores. Sidebar, sidebar. You know what's fucked up? <laughs> if you know if Joe Judge didn't have that stupid ass press conference and didn't do that that running the quarterback sneak twice in a row on like a three yard line, 
he probably still be the coach. <laughs> That's fucked up. Continue. So he gets so he gets fired, leaving the NFL like it's usually always been with only one minority head coach in the entire league, which is Mike Tomlin. He is the only black head coach in the entire league. Brian Flores is black, but he's actually Latino. He's uh, Honduran, if I'm not mistaken. We're not doing this shit. We're not doing this shit. But the black people doing that shit. We're not doing this shit. Black people doing that. That pisses piss me off about what they doing. The the man because the, the man's of, of mixed ancestry because right. he's Honduran. Right. He's black. And pe- and people like he's doing this like well he ain't full black. Yeah, they like, gotta he, stop like, that. He Honduran. Like, they gotta stop the that. Fuck, We're man? the same, bro. Come on. That that man bang how he bang. That man bang black man bang black. The fuck you mean? Now, go ahead. So he so he gets fired. He gets a job interview with the New York Giants. Giants do not hire him. They hire the other fucking white guy. And turns out, according to Brian Flores, at least, that they knew they weren't going to hire him even days before they even took the interview with him. And the NFL has something called the Rooney Rule, you know, which was established back in 2003, that requires a team, if you have a vacancy, you are required to interview a minority. And I don't know what the NFL thought they were going to accomplish with this. They thought they were going to, you know, solve the the issue of, you know, not having any minorities in positions of management or, or coaching. But it hasn't because all it does now is, you know, guys are being interviewed, even though teams don't want to hire them and they know they're not going to hire them. They're just interviewing them because you have to. You have to interview at least one minority. Brian Flores says he has texts that prove that people like Bill Belichick were already congratulating who was the guy that the Giants hired fucking guy I don't even remember his name <laughs> Brian Dable so Bill Belichick already was in, was already congratulating him for getting the Giants job days before they were even supposed to interview Brian Flores so he's like wait a minute they haven't even interviewed me yet but they already gave the job to somebody else so he felt some type of way he's saying it's racism he's saying all this bullshit so he's suing the Giants he's suing two other teams and he's also suing the entire NFL the Giants, the Broncos, and the Dolphins. He also said that the, he also said that the Dolphins wanted him to lose games on purpose, right? A hundred k, a hundred k per loss. Which I don't think that has nothing to do with racism, but I mean it's fucked up in its own right. But okay, we know the teams do this, and every sport teams tank, especially basketball, especially football, because draft picks mean a whole lot, especially in bas- in, in the NFL, because losses directly give you you know the draft picks, and they don't have like a lottery like they do in NBA. You have the worst record in the NFL. You got the first pick. Okay. So he's suing the so league. To do that he knows this is the end of his career in the NFL. He's never going to get a job again. Go ask, uh, uh, what's his name? Colin Kaepernick. You're never going to work again in the NFL. But, you know, he's going to probably get some hush money because the NFL is undefeated. The NFL could do whatever the fuck they want because they get 50 million viewers on average. And they could do whatever <laughs> they want. They could literally get away with murder, right? So they you saying so, shit like night like you're not gonna watch a game next Sunday. Of course we are Super Bowl. But there you go. But <laughs> see <laughs> my point. But they're gonna just throw this dude a couple millions, like, hey man, just go away. And that's exactly what he's gonna do. He's gonna go away. You know, he might coach in the XFL, he might go to Canada and coach in the, the CFL league or whatever. But he even admitted, he was like, I know this is probably gonna, you know what I mean? Blackball me from the NFL. I'm never gonna work again here. But I'm doing this because it's the right thing to do. You know what I mean? NFL is racist. We all know it's racist. We've been knowing it was racist. Mm-hmm. What do you think about it? Hmm. <laughs> I mean, I commend him on on the uh, well, I commend him on the path he's taking. I think he'll get a job somewhere. Not in the NFL. It might not be. 
I think in the NFL, not, not as the head coach anytime soon, but it could be a defensive coordinator or something like that. Because when it's press conference and stuff like that, you talk to the coach. You don't talk to the defensive coordinator. You don't talk to the offensive coordinator. It's not part of the job. You talk to who's there. And, and that's generally the head coach. He does the interview and so on and so forth. I think it's interesting what he's trying to do. I think I think if he has the evidence, he should pull every card and do everything he can. I think he should stop. With, I think the thing is that he's looking at this greater overall picture, but not looking at it in a very um, broad sense, I guess you could say. Because I think one of the things he kept repeating when he was on the ESPN interview, like he wants to change the hearts and minds of the owners in the NFL. That's just not going to fly. If they didn't let Colin Kaepernick in, knowing how talented he was, and knowing that what he was doing had nothing to do with football, and what he was doing was basically like a silent protest, that you would blackball him for that. You're going to try to blackball this dude for calling the league out on his BS. So, so what's going to happen is that they're not going to talk about it, but the talking heads are going to speak about it. Like So whenever a job position opens up, they're going to be like, you know what? You know, Brian Floyd's still out there. He's still young. He did, so what he did with the Dolphins, so on and so forth. Like, I think he'll get a job eventually. And like I said, it, it delves into like a deeper problem. Um, this is going to seem a little bit racist, but I want you to stick with me here. Um, do you have a favorite Hispanic restaurant that you go to? I mean, shit, there's so many where I live. You know what I mean? but like, Actually, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It, there's one. Okay. There's one called Venus in Passate. Shout out. Okay. Free plug. Is, is, is that place primarily owned and operated and attended by people of Hispanic? They're all Hispanic, yes. From the servers, the cooks, the owners, yes. You would probably assume the same thing, like, if I named a soul food restaurant, that you pretty much think, like, the staff... The own the, everything in regarding it, they will probably be reflective of the people that are. Right. I mean, they might have like one Mexican chef in the back. <laughs> right. Maybe one. Maybe one. Right. The NFL is not any different. It's a league run by white guys. We're going to hire other white guys. And the only way to really like almost guarantee you a job or a position is like nepotism. Like you got Kyle Shanahan, whose father's Mike Shanahan. Uh, Nate Hackett just got the job in Denver. His father was. One of the officers court, I think, for Seattle back in the day. I mean, that's probably the easiest pathway to it. But to think that all of a sudden you're going to switch it all the way up and all of a sudden they're going to start hiring black people when the entire job and the entire being of being an NFL, how it always has been, been surrounded by other white guys, is, you're kind of fooling yourself. You're not going to change their heart and minds about that shit at all. Period. Now, I wish that man the best. I, I think he's going to try. He's going to give it his all. I think if they got evidence, they're going to go ahead and use it against him. Uh, the Rooney rule has always been a sham. It was like they're kind of cracking affirmative action, which is pretty fucking stupid. Just, just, you're supposed, just saying that yeah, you it's talk It's supposed to, to be somebody. affirmative action, but it's not. Because <laughs> affirmative right. action says, okay, you have to hire this minority if he qualifies just like right. is. But this, the, the Rooney rule is not saying you have to hire them if they qualify. No, you right. just have to interview them. interview. Right. Do your due you diligence and that's I, it. And if they want to, they can get, they can get that, that Negro out the way first. Like, let's go ahead and hire, hire, go ahead and talk to him. You already know who he gets. You get him on out the way. The thing with the whole Giants thing is like, the funny thing is that he talks to Bill Belichick about it. And Brian Dable and Brian Flores both work for him. So I'm not even sure if Bill Belichick knew which Brian he was talking to. Probably not. And the whole thing is that, like I said, Dable comes from Buffalo. Right. He just said Brian on the text, right? Did he just say Brian? Right. Yeah. So that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Belichick may or may not be racist. You know, I kind I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. You know what I'm saying? But. Right, <laughs> it's, it it it'd be fucked up. Like if in his context, it says white Brian, black Brian. <laughs> just a picture I can differentiate. Like, let me make sure I'm reaching out to the right guy. Make sure I'm getting crossed up. Because, like I said, it it happens. The Giants hired the general manager who used to 
work in Buffalo. Brian Dable used to work in Buffalo. That's not racism. That's just uh, they ha- they have the same vision. They have the same intent of what they want to do with this team. So everybody knew if they want to hire that GM, that you know the other guy from Buffalo was going to be one of the favorites. Period. Not a surprise. I mean, Florida shouldn't be shocked by this. And, and that's not a thing I find fucked up about the NFL. The fucked up part about find about the NFL, I think, is that the Houston Texans, who literally just scapegoated a black dude, they hired him to take this job, even though that team was just gutted to the roots and their star players is, you know, currently going through, how do I say this nicely, uh, accusations of sexual assault. Put it that way. And somehow got, I think, like three, four wins out of him, which is pretty impressive because that team is direct of talent. That the thing about hiring, I think Josh McCown, who's never had any kind of coaching experience or job anywhere, and they're saying like, you know, what, you should be the next head coach of the Houston Texans. Disregarding all, we're not even talking about black people. Just talking about any of the other qualified coaches that might be out there. And then when that becomes Exhibit A and the part of you no know, brothers know what the fuck we talking about, like y'all hiring this dude with zero experience. He's never coached at any level. He's been a backup quarterback his entire life. You're going to hand over your franchise to him, even though I've been sitting here coaching for years. And oh, it's guys like Blind Forrest. It's guys like Eric Bieniemy, who's who's black, who's an assistant coach in Kansas City. It's guys like uh, a homeboy's name, uh, Byron Leftwich in in Tampa Bay. It's plenty of qualified people there that are not getting a proper chance to do an opportunity that they should. And this is how we end up in a situation that we did. If Brian Flores has ballpark rock solid evidence to do something about this, he should do so. Try to get his a job back somewhere and get paid as much as possible. But if you think that this is going to be a thing that's going to upset the apple cart and really change this league and change the minds and hearts of billionaires who don't give a single fuck about you. I'm I'm glad for the high-minded ideals, man, but that's just not going to be as it. As long as we keep, you know, bringing money into them, trillions by the trillions, they're going to continue to have to give a fuck about shit. I mean, obviously I could say, yo, let's just stop watching, but I mean, that's not realistic. You know what I mean? The whole country is not going to boycott a league, so that's just not going to happen. So that's why they're invincible. They could do whatever the fuck they want. They'll, how, how much do you think like, he'll get for this racial discrimination lawsuit? A couple million dollars and get the fuck out of here? Probably, probably about 2025. Because he, he's suing the NFL, and so... If they're going to cut a check, it going to be something small. Like if if it's going to come to this and we're going to make a settlement, you're going to have to give me something where I have to worry about money for the rest of my natural. Right. He'll write a book. He'll maybe do a documentary. He'll run some commercials. Yeah, and that's something. it. You know, it's, but that's ridiculous. Like I said, the whole thing about people want to stand up for change. Like we don't give a fuck about this. We're just saying this because it's an interesting topic. Because like I said, you're saying this, but guess what? We're still going to watch the game next Sunday. Yep. Period. Unfortunately. No one's going to be like, you know what? Yeah. They're like, I don't care what they do on the blind floors, man. This is fucked up. There's no way we stand for this. Just make sure you order them chicken wings. Make sure they get here on time, man. We got 20 people coming by. And then when the halftime show comes on, we're going to see Dr. Dre and Mary J and all the other black artists that they hired to put, you know what I mean, specifically. Exactly. To shut us up. And and if they're standing by Brian Flores and all this other stuff, why don't they not perform? Don't perform. They're going to. Shit. But there's a lot lot of shit. I'll end it like this. There's a lot of shit to say about the situation, but I'm just going to read the comments that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar said. Mm Mm-hmm. NBA Hall of Famer. He's been open. He's always, you know, open about black issues. So he said, Brian Flores is suing the National Football League. And the only question I have is what took so long? I'm not referring specifically to Flores' lawsuit, but to making public the racism inherent in the NFL, like a vestigial limb. The alabaster ceiling. He uses great words. The alabaster ceiling stifles, He's a writer. <laughs> stifles black ambition and sends a clear message that your kind aren't good enough. Let's look at the numbers. Despite nearly 60% of the NFL players being black, 
at the beginning of the 2021 season, only three of the 32 head coaches were black. Pittsburgh Steelers, Mike Tomlin, Houston Texans, David Culley, and Miami Dolphins, Brian Flores. Now there's only one left. But anyway, at the end of the season, Culley and Flores have been fired, leaving only Tomlin as the single black head coach. There you go. We like to think of sports as the embodiment of America's best intention, a level playing field in which merit is the only standard of judgment. As goes sports, so goes America. Unfortunately, the NFL is an $8.78 billion industry, and the people who control the money prefer the people who run their business to look more like them, which is something that you just said. In many cases, it's probably not even conscious racism, just an unconscious comfort level based on what's familiar, mashed potatoes over chitlins. As goes sports, so goes America. <laughs> Very well said. I know, but he, I hate that he, he banging like black people eat chitlins like that. He got to relax. We do not. Like it's a Was yeah. that racist. This whole episode seems like a segment of is that racist <laughs> between the Joe Rogan shit, the blackity black black shirt, and the Brian yeah, Flores shit. This whole episode is is that racist? <laughs> way, way to start off Black History Month, I guess. Um, like like I, I get what Cream is trying to say, but like I say, you led to my same point. Like you hire the people that look like you, and those people happen to be very extremely wealthy white men, just like everyone else who's in that league. And I think. I don't, this might be an unpopular opinion. Again, I guess it's part of me. I just don't give a fuck. The thing is that it's not a. I hate the fact that people try to make it a black white problem. It is. It is a. It is a white minority problem. Because right. yes, you, you, you're down those head coaches, but Ron Rivera is Hispanic. Robert Sala is is Lebanese. It, like it's things like that. Like I understand we need and deserve more opportunities, but I mean that for everyone. I guess it kind of goes back to the restaurant. I understand. I might. I might like Hispanic food, and I know that I probably am not going to be in that kitchen and so on and so forth, but I appreciate what's put forth for me. I enjoy it. I thank the people. I thank the staff. I go forward, right? Because it's an appreciation of what you brought to the culture. What we, what you say, black people brought to sports has been enormous. Like it, it's, it's been beyond my wildest intent. But I want the same thing for black people that I want for Hispanic, that I want for Asian. That I want for Mexican. Like, I want everybody to get a fair chance. I want everyone to get a shot at that. If if you line up a bunch of people and all six of them are all different ethnicities, nationalities, so on and so forth. Whoever has the most outstanding qualities wins. That guy or the woman, sorry, don't want to be sexist, has to be a, a black person, then they deserved it. They have to be Mexican, they deserved it. They have to be Dominican or Puerto Rican or Japanese, they deserved it. They 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 won out. The the problem is that even with our qualifications, we're not even getting our foot in the door. You try to create a rule to make that even possible. That's not even a thing anymore. As much as we might try to make it be, we can't even do that. The Rooney rule has failed. It's, it's pointless. It serves no purpose. And like I said, these are not even qualified. They're overly qualified for the job, and they're not even given a chance to go forward with that. So the thing more than anything else is like I understand what Kareem is trying to say, and I want for the strength and the growth of black people to always progress and move forward. But there are other minorities, there are other people of other colors that have to come along with us. We are in the struggle together. It is not just us. We are always the flag bearers. We're always the ones in the front. It cannot be us all the time. We are with each other together. We cannot get past this bullshit. Is this racist? Yeah. Cause you know why? Cause we're doing it alone. We want everybody to be able to move forward and fight together. All creeds, all colors, one nation. Under God indivisible, liberty and justice for all. But that's well said. Yeah. But yo. All except y'all. That's going to be our show, man. Let me hit you with a fun fact, though, before we go. That a lot of people might ah. not know. 
Shoot. All right. So you remember 50 Cent's first album, Get Rich or Die Trying? Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, sold 8.4 million copies. The song Many Men, Nas had that beat first, apparently, but he never finished it. D12 had the In the Club beat, but they passed on it. Back Down and Heat were supposed to be for Rakim's Aftermath album that never dropped. So 50 Cent just took, a, <laughs> took all them leftovers and made one of the most successful rap albums of all time. So that's that. And I'm going to end it with a quote. Let me see what quote I'm going to do today. But, oh, but, mm, I, I could, mm. What? Could you see, fuck. I could, mm, I can't see Rakim on a Heat beat. I could see, I could see Rakim on that Back Down beat, but Heat? Yeah, them songs. None of them songs would have been as successful as they were with it. Yeah, what's what's saying? Go, uh, good artists borrow, great artists steal. I guess it worked in that sense. All right, so I'm going to take a quote from our first black first lady of the United States, Michelle Obama, and she went: "History has shown us that courage can be contagious, and hope can take on a life of its own." Happy Black History oh, so, Month, so y'all. We're doing Black History Month quotes. <laughs> Word. <laughs> okay. Then I, from Dr. Uh, Mae Jameson. If you don't know who she is, she's an astronaut. She's the first black astronaut. You look her up. She says, never be limited by other people's limited imaginations. Dope. The culture. Stop being racist, y'all. Peace. I look real good today. 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 Jumping out the motherfucking Bentley. Rolling in a gas and new Balenci's. Walking with a pocket full of Benji's. I'm a 10 piece. I look real good today. 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 Dive in a pussy like scuba. Mommy look good, she from Cuba. for listening to the culture podcast we hope you enjoyed today's episode for more info and updates connect with us on our website theculture.one or on facebook at the culture podcast 2020 or follow us on twitter and youtube at the culture 2020 i always follow them please subscribe to the show and leave reviews and comments where you listen to podcasts 